What if everything you thought you knew about the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases wasn't true? What if the mainstream media was too corrupt and compromised to tell you about it? Join a veteran Buffalo City detective, a veteran Canadian Pacific police captain, and a veteran NCIS special agent as they dissect the criminal justice system and high-profile criminal cases from their perspective in an unvarnished podcast. It's Search Warrant coming right at you. Welcome to uh, Search Warrant. Welcome, uh, Anna. Can you hear me okay? Hello, yeah, hello, Tom, uh, Tom, John, and Mr. Zimmerman. And Ralph. Yeah. Ralph is with us. Oh, hi, Ralph. Hi, hey, Anna. How are uh, you? I'm well, thank you. Glad to hear it. Glad to see that Ralph can uh, join us from, uh, you know, Portland East there. He's uh, Everybody, if I understand it correctly, everybody's hanging out at uh, the mayor's girlfriend's house now because she's the only one that has protection. <laughs> That'd be Jim Kenny's uh, girlfriend. What's her name, Ralph? What's Lady her name? Santorelli. Oh, nice. Very exciting. Very exciting. Is that in South Philly? Yes. Wow. Yep. Uh, oh my God. I just saw where uh, last night the uh, fine citizens of. Uh, Washington State uh, toppled the uh, George Washington uh, statue and uh, burned the American flag over his head, which is just uh, unbelievable. Anyway, I do want to say that uh, as as Ralph had reported on Ralph again, uh, you know, he's a, a former staff writer for the uh, Los Angeles Times and the Philadelphia Inquirer. Who even reads that anymore, by the way? And then um, he writes for uh, Newsweek. And uh, law enforcement today, as well as a uh, big trial, big trial, Philadelphia. He's come, he's come out with uh, some awesome articles relative to what's happening in Philadelphia and what's happening in the uh, the Penn State case. So anyway, I'm glad to see that uh, Ralph was able to join us. We have a uh, special guest with us today um, by the name of uh, John Zimmerman, who was uh, uh, indicted by uh, Attorney General Tom Corbett. On November 12th of 2009, Mr. Zimmerman is a native of uh, New Holland, PA, auditioned for and was accepted by the United States Marine Band, the president's own band, in Washington, D.C. when he was 15 years old. He joined the band immediately after graduating from high school in 1965 and became a soloist at age 17. John received a top-secret security clearance with White House access shortly after joining the band, which was renewed several times during his 20-year career. After seven years as a regular soloist with the Marine Band, John moved into the operations office and coordinated White House events for 13 years. He retired from the band in November of 1987 with the rank of captain. John joined the Tom Ridge for governor campaign in 1994 and served on the governor's senior staff for two years. Zimmerman then joined the State House of Representatives Republican Caucus, serving in the office of the Speaker and later became the first open records officer House Republican Caucus. In late 2009, John was indicted along with nine others by the infamous Pennsylvania Attorney General Tom Corbett. As part of the computer case investigation, 
of the Republican caucus of the PA House of Representatives. He received a real education in the Pennsylvania judicial system and the work of prosecutor Frank Fina. John holds a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Baltimore and a Master of Public Administration degree from Penn State. Mr. Zimmerman, welcome. Welcome to Search Warrant. Thank you very much. Great to be here. I don't know if uh, too many people are uh, still familiar with uh, the disaster that is uh, Pennsylvania, the, the Pennsylvania criminal justice system, but uh, there were three gates, so to speak, that took place in Pennsylvania under the, uh, the Tom Corbett was the attorney general and subsequently the governor, one of which was a uh, bonus gate, which really was uh, as a quick refresher in 2007, Pennsylvania attorney general, uh, Republican Tom Corbett began investigating a $3.8 million in public bonuses, which were paid to state legislative staffers in the Pennsylvania General Assembly to work on party politics and campaigns. While the bonuses themselves are not are not illegal, state law forbids state employees from performing campaign work while on the job and forbids payment for campaign work out of taxpayer money. The Pennsylvania media referred to this scandal as bonus gate. And then we have uh, computer gate, which was described as uh, Computergate was discovered as the bonus gate investigation continued and found that the Republican caucus was guilty of using public money to develop computer programs that would identify and specifically target Republican voters. Um, and then, of course, we have, uh, again, the infamous uh, Porngate, which involved uh, a, a lot of individuals in the uh, state government uh, trading uh, appalling pornography on the computer through uh, through their emails, many of, of whom had uh, subsequently uh, resigned their positions as a result of that. Um, now, you're you're part of uh, we, we obviously kind of uh, touched on uh, bonus gate, uh, computer gate and uh, porn gate. Your your um, involvement in those three is is the computer gate. Is that right? That's correct. Now, you had been, um, as I mentioned before, you were indicted by uh, Corbett's AG's office in November um, of 2009. Right. Is that right? Right. Okay. And, but you, but you have subsequently been exonerated. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. About two years later, they, they dropped the charges uh, for the convenience of the Commonwealth. You know, in speaking with you before, this uh, kind of mirrors... Are, are you're familiar to some degree with a Penn State case? Is that correct? That's correct. Right. Okay. It does mirror a little bit uh, the Penn State, well, a lot, actually, the Penn State case in that uh, you were um, indicted and could not testify. Is that right? That That's correct. And so you were kind of eliminated as a witness? That's what I my uh, my attorney told me because I, I kind of figured that out pretty quickly. But uh, it, I was closely involved with uh, people involved with the uh, uh, computer gate thing. I, I worked for some people, serious some senior people, 
And um, the feeling was that I was indicted so that I could not be a witness in the Republican trial of the uh, Computergate situation. So, so that kind of mirrors the uh, Gary Schultz, Tim Curley situation. Right. It, sure, it certainly looks like it. I agree. Where they, where they were uh, taken out of the uh, witness pool, so to speak, by the uh, uh, prosecutors. Right. Right. Um, now, when when you were, uh, uh, you know, the subject of their investigation, was there a was there a proffer involved? Uh, yes, there was. Uh, it was right before I was uh, indicted. Um, I had I went to a proffer with uh, with FINA and and three others from the attorney general's office. Uh, and there were two um, Republican caucus attorneys, outside attorneys with me at the proffer session. And uh, the, the first thing when I went in the room, the first thing that FINA asked me was uh, about the sex room in the Capitol building. And I was appalled. I, I said, sex, sex room in the Capitol building? I, I'd never heard of it, you know. And well, he looked at me like I was like I was lying. I'm sure he was assuming I was lying. And I said, you know, there's over the years, you always hear a story here and there where uh, maybe a secretary and a member were, uh, you know, caught by a, a cleaning woman or, but, you know, there, there's, I have never, never heard of any kind of a sex room, but that was the first thing he asked me about. I was, I was really shocked to be honest with you. So, so you're in there giving a proffer in regard to computer gate and Frank Fina, dis, uh, disgraced former deputy Pennsylvania Attorney General Frank Fina. His first question to you is, what is, again, what was that again? Yeah, he, he wanted to know, he wanted to know about the sex room in the Capitol building. Does uh, the sex room in the Capitol building have <laughs> anything to do with Computergate? <laughs> no. It, it seems like he was obsessed with sex. There's no question about that. <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 I was, I was totally shocked. He really caught me off guard on that one. And, and, uh, I, am sure he, he was envisioning, uh, some kind of a, a, you know, a sleazy dark room, you know, with, uh, with couches around it and stuff. I don't know. So, but, so uh, you were, you were exonerated of any kind of charges in regard to the computer gate case. And when you give a proffer, his first question is about a sex room in the, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the state, capital. yeah. In the in the state capitol building. <laughs> did he have, did he have any other follow up sex questions? No, that that pretty much took care of it at that point. But uh, um, you know, he was asking me about a phone number. Well, I, I didn't know what he was talking. About. I didn't I didn't recognize the phone number. But what it was it was a cell phone that I had assigned to me, which I turned back eighteen months before. And I had the cell phone uh, only for if I was traveling. I rarely used the cell phone. So I, the, the phone number meant nothing to me. And he was all over me about that. And, um, and also another, another um, uh, prosecutor was, was screaming at me. And he was saying, you're either the dumbest person I've ever met or you're trying to protect somebody. You is, know, is this, uh, would this happen to be uh, Kenneth Brown? Well, is is Pat Blessington? Oh, Pat Blessington, Jesus. Yes, yes. Oh, 
I mean, he was, you know what, you know, when he, when he gets mad, I mean, he just looks like he's a, like he's going crazy, you know, and, and he was he, pointing a finger and yelling at me. And <laughs> I, I, can, maybe he I was, can back maybe he was on that, John. I, I, uh, Pat Blessington is the prosecutor in the long running uh, Monsignor Lynn case. Oh my God. Uh, and he was just right. known for not being able to control himself. He looks right. like a, a guy from the old West. He's got a big yeah. uh, mustache and looks like, a, you know, Remington should have done a statue of, of him riding a horse, but he, he does lose his mind on occasions. And uh, <laughs> I've seen that myself for 10 years now. So <laughs> is there any chance that, uh, what's his name? Pat, Pat, Blessington. Pat Blessington. Yeah. Yes. So is there any chance that Pat Blessington put on a seminar for freeze uh, interviewers? Uh, about yelling and screaming and, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to intimidate witnesses. Is there any chance of that? <laughs> there could be, but our friend Wendy has another theory about that, John, which I think you know, right? Well, what is that? What is that? Oh, it involves uh, anal rapes that never happened because uh, in the archdiocese case, we, we had uh, those allegations and the uh, altar boy that was claiming that he was... Uh, raped on a serial basis by two priests and a school Catholic school teacher. It turned out he made up the entire story. And of course, as you know, in the Penn State case, John, which you investigated, uh, there was another imaginary rape in the showers, you know, anal rape in the showers that never really happened. So, yeah. Well, I, I certainly think, you know, in today's climate where everybody wants to defund everything based on the fact that we we know what happened in the Penn State case, which is a uh, sweeping overall prosecutorial misconduct from the get-go. And then we've got Mr. Zimmerman, which is the victim of a uh, prosecutorial misconduct in the Computergate case, where he's conveniently removed from the witness pool. So, um, so they, you know, so he can't defend you know, other people that uh, probably are in the same position as he is, and he's exonerated. Um, you know, in, in regard to defunding things, I think the uh, the key here now is people need to um, focus on defunding the attorney general's office. <laughs> That'd be a great place to start. Mr. Zimmerman, I, I was yeah. wondering if you could tell us why Frank Fina wanted you out of the way, why he didn't want you uh, to be able to appear as a witness uh, in the uh, uh, Computergate scandal. Yeah, I think um, uh, Corbin and Fina, they, uh, uh, they were trying to eliminate uh, the Purzell uh, <laughs> faction of the party, of the uh, House of Representatives. And uh, I was working for Purzell, the former speaker, and uh, I was doing his scheduling and advance work, and I was just a few feet from his office, so I was very close to him, and also uh, Brett Feast, who was the uh, general counsel. Um, so I, I, I knew all these. I mean, I worked with them. I was, I was very close. I was within a couple feet of Purzell's office. I mean, I could see his desk, so so we could communicate. You know, when phone calls would come in, but uh, I, ne I never heard anything about so-called. Uh, computer gate and and what it was was um, that the caucus uh, was was purchasing data uh, for legislative purposes uh, so that they could communicate better with their, with their constituents uh, around the state and uh, the the allegation was that the um, 
the, the campaign was sharing that information and using it for political purposes. So in essence, the state was buying the data and the state was using the data plus the, uh, um, the campaigns were using the data too. So that, that's really what uh, ComputerGate was all about. I was very close uh, to, the, to the principals, uh, but, the, but it was very select as to who the principals were. There were other, other so-called principals uh, in, the, in the Republican caucus who were, who were not touched. And that's why I say I think that uh, Corbett was, was going to run for governor in 2010. And uh, Purzell also had thoughts of running for governor. And so as a result, I think that um, uh, Corbett wanted to eliminate uh, some of his competition. And so he focused on Purzell. And, and so if they had put you on the stand during the computer gate uh, and asked you what you knew about this great nefarious scandal, that you sitting two feet away from these guys, what would you have told them? Well, I would have told them I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I think... Uh, one of the one of the big points, one of the big theories of the uh, republic or of the uh, attorney general's office was that everybody knew it, that everybody knew it, and um, th their theory was that everybody knew that this was going on, and uh, and that's and here I was close to the, both these people, performing my duties day in and day out, and I didn't know anything about this. I never heard about it. And so um, that would have kind of blown their theory. And so I think that's why they, they wanted me eliminated. Uh, and it seems to me that the same thing was with, with, the, with the Sandusky trial, where uh, you had the three principals from uh, Penn State University that, you know, depending on, you know, if they had appeared as a witness, uh, they might well have said the same thing, you know, that uh, they didn't know anything about this, uh, you know, some of these allegations that were coming out like it's almost as if they're uh they uh well it's not almost hey mr zimmerman yes who, who was charged with this uh in the end of it all I mean, you were exonerated right i was exonerated was anyone uh, else charged well the in the bonus gate the democrat caucus there were 12 people indicted and i was i, I kind of always felt that i was the 10th uh republican indicted Wow. And uh, I was actually I was told that they they originally they had twelve Republicans, well, and somebody thought that it wouldn't be good to have you know the same number, indicted, <laughs> you know. So so then they had nine. They ended up with nine, and it threw me in. Literally the the day of the indictment, uh, Corbett went on TV at one o'clock in the afternoon to announce it. Plus they had a, a big chart, you know, all the pictures on, and um, that had to be a tough time for you. What what, what oh, is what is Bonusgate? What is that? It was the phone number that they had that probably got them to you. Maybe, maybe, maybe that was the way because you said that they they were asking you about your phone number that you haven't used in eighteen months. Yeah, I I don't know if that was just a catch a catch all or what it was. I I, I have no idea. I and I told them at the proffer session. I said if you look at my records, you'll see there were very few calls made. Because I, I did not live on the phone. I mean, I, I only used it if I was traveling. And so every couple of weeks, I might have made a couple of calls from, uh, you know, from around the state. But, but um, basically, uh, I don't think that that was the, I think they were just, uh, just trying to catch me, you know, in, yeah. in some kind of a lie or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
So, Mr. Zimmerman, you're familiar with the Frank Fina Dirty Playbook, I assume. Well, yes. <laughs> yes, he's uh, he's quite a character, uh, no doubt about it. Well, uh, I got a question for you. Were there any leaks during the uh, investigation that you were involved in? That's one uh, of the specialties. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, you know, I don't remember any leaks from our uh, particular case, but I, you know, I, there was always a history of, of leaks, you know, going back to um, um, Louis de Naples trial that Fina was involved in. And, and, uh, and then um, there was allegations with the bonus gate that there was a lot, a lot of leaks. Uh, I imagine there were leaks uh, prior to the, the Republican trial um, uh, because they, 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 were, they manipulated the, the uh, public uh, which was their future uh, jury pool. Um, so there was, it just seemed there for a while, there were several years where it was just constant uh, things coming out about uh, how evil, uh, you know, the legislators were and what, what, what all they were doing. And, and this was reported and then that was reported. And, you know, it just continued for a long time because they were, they were running these things almost like a cycle. And, and, and I was, I believe that the, um, the Sandusky um, uh, indictment was slowed down for a long time, and my guess was that uh, they were they were waiting for all these other things to percolate and and become uh, um, you know finalized before they actually indicted Sandusky. You know, as far as um, uh, Corbett, um, some of the things that I felt were similar, you know, in in both cases. Um, if you bear with me a second here, um, when when Corbett was attorney general um, in the Computergate case, uh, Fina went to Corbett and said that, hey, the Republicans are too slow uh, producing documents. And um, so Corbett, the attorney general, went to our leader in the Republican caucus of the House and suggested one of two attorneys to be brought in uh, to to help uh, KNL Gates uh, law firm, which was doing our outside legal work, and um, the, the one of the names was Mark Rush, who was then uh, brought in from Pittsburgh um, to get deeply involved in in uh, preparing our people uh, prior to any indictments. Well, Mark Rush happened to be uh, he worked for Corbett when he was. Um, when Corbett was the U.S. attorney in Pittsburgh, and Rush considered uh, Corbett to be his mentor. Well, Rush got totally involved in, in these Republican cases, and he ended up uh, billing the caucus over $580,000 for uh, legal work. And the caucus paid uh, about $5.8 million um, for, uh, for all this legal preparations prior to any indictments uh, going out. And at the same time, the, the, the thing I, that got me, I guess, really involved in this, thinking about it, was was the way Corbett uh, kind of inserted himself with the uh, uh, Penn State trustees. And it's my understanding from reading uh, in the paper and stuff that uh, that he was instrumental in getting Louis Free uh, named to to uh, run that Penn State investigation. Exactly. And of course, we know Penn State paid. Uh, I, I heard up eight and a half million dollars uh for that investigation 
Corbett wanted uh, wanted Purzell out of the way in in the uh, computer gate thing so he could run for governor. And I understand Corbett wanted uh, Spanier out of the way. Uh, he had he had been fighting with Spanier for a number of years. Um, you know, and, and that's just that's just one example that that I that kind of brought to my mind the, the conflict. Um, you know, between or the, or the similarities between what what uh, uh, Corbett had been doing, uh, building up to the Sandusky situation. I think I was concerned that um, that uh, the people would look at Sandusky and think, well, this was just a, a one-time thing, and it was, maybe there were some mistakes made. But but actually, my feeling was that 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 uh, this was a preparation. This was like a, like a training, you know, that they went through building up the Sandusky uh, case. With, with your uh, experience, you know, having gone through what you did and having been exonerated, having been uh, removed from the jury or from the uh, witness pool and then exonerated, I mean, and all your interactions with the uh, uh, Pennsylvania Attorney General's office and with FINA, um, did that lead you to believe that uh, it was an exercise in them seeking the truth or an exercise in them fulfilling a political agenda? Oh, there was strictly a political agenda. Uh, it, it, it really bothered me uh, to be able to see this from the inside and to be a part of it. Um, you know, I was brought up that you believed, uh, you know, you believe the system and you trusted everybody and you just tell the truth and, and, you, and everything's great. Well, it doesn't work that way. And in this case, uh, there was clearly a political agenda here. And, and they, were, they were not interested in the truth because the truth actually came out. There was grand jury testimony that explained whatever issue they might have had with me, which there was none, really. But uh, it, it was grand jury testimony that they totally ignored uh, just in order to keep me from being a witness. And uh, that was that was really uh, tough for me. I'll tell you that the first couple of weeks after they indicted me, I mean, I was a wreck. I really was. I, I couldn't believe what uh, what had happened. I couldn't believe uh, uh, what 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 did I do? You know, what did I do? What did I do? What did I say? What the who? You know, who was mad at me? What? And I couldn't figure it out. And then finally, after about two weeks of beating myself up, I got mad, and I said, you know, John, you, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. You know, so uh, get over it, you know, and, 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 and defend yourself and fight, you know, and that's exactly what I did. But uh, um, it was it was very, very difficult for me, especially with my background. I mean, I, I did White House support for over 20 years and, and I was so proud of that work. I mean, every day I'd go to the White House. I mean, it was I'd, I went up there a couple of times a week to, to organize events. And I was so proud of that. I mean, I literally felt, I felt like I had to pinch myself every day that I did that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I thought, wow, you know, my God, here's this kid from New Holland, Pennsylvania, you know, and here I am, you know, uh, within a couple feet of the president, you know, and I used to signal him on stage for events and things like that. So, I mean, I, I got to see a lot of inside things and, and for these guys, and I call them a bunch of clowns. I mean, for these guys to indict me, it, it really hurt. It really did hurt. It's it's a very difficult thing to have to, uh, you know, go through when you know that uh, exactly what they're trying to do. And, uh, you know, to use state resources and state funding 
to, you know, satisfy a political vendetta or political uh, agenda. It's just a, it's just appalling. But it, it's not, it's not like they haven't done it before. And you illustrate that they essentially perfected their, uh, you know, a way about uh, their their way of going about it through the uh, through the computer gate uh, alleged investigation. John, I'll go. I'll go further than that. It's an absolute outrage, abuse of power, because they're using the machinery of government, right, to go after their political opponents, and it's happening right. over and over and over again, and. And this is a perfect example of it. Yeah, and I think in Pennsylvania history, uh, it's my understanding that they, they started to elect an attorney general uh, because there were problems before that with, with appointed attorney generals. And, and so, uh, I don't know, 30-some years ago, they, they, they changed the law and they started electing attorney generals. Well, it started with Leroy Zimmerman, who was not a, a, a direct relative of mine, but but Leroy Zimmerman was the only attorney general uh, from the very beginning who actually served his full uh, two terms. Everyone after that was either indicted or, or was running for higher office, you know, every one of them. And, uh, you know, uh, none, of, none of them actually, I mean, it, I'm not saying that they were all uh, bad people, but but none of them actually fulfilled their eight years of of service as attorney general. And, and so the thing that I've learned looking at other states too, uh, as soon as you uh, you know you get an elected official in charge of anything, you know there's you've you've got politics involved. And yeah. especially to me, when you when you're talking about uh, an elected attorney general, uh, who's who is considered you know the chief law enforcement officer of of the state? Uh, he can do he can do a lot of things to people, and um, and hide behind uh, the cover you know of of, of law, but um, uh, it's it's um, it's a it's a tough situation. But I personally I I, I would I would I would think I'd rather go back to the old days you know when. When the attorney general was appointed, if he wasn't, if he did something wrong, you could deal with that, and you wouldn't be stuck with him for you know a four-year um, term. Well, they have the same. They have the same thing happening now with uh, Josh Shapiro, who's pursuing something to save face in the uh, Spaniard case. I mean, right. uh, he's the poster child for uh, you know defending prosecutorial misconduct and corruption and collusion and. Witness intimidation for the know. state of Pennsylvania. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing they did with me, uh, I mean, I was indicted by, uh, by, you know, attorney general's office, state employees, if you will. And uh, once my uh, case was closed, uh, I sued in federal court. And they, the state uh, hired outside attorneys who were specialized in in killing cases, you know, knocking down cases. And so here, here was the state that, that got me into this situation, you know, and put me in this situation. And then I had to, to, um, fight my way, you know, with, with state paid, uh, defense attorneys from the, for the state, you know, on behalf of the state. Right. And, I thought, but, and, and it's just, Oh, it was, it was very frustrating. Well, I can certainly understand. Tom, go ahead. Yeah, what was the disposition of that suit? 
Uh, oh, the, the case that, just, that you had. Yeah. What was your? Yeah, I uh, I filed a, a civil rights uh, uh, lawsuit in uh, in central uh, district federal courts, and um, and the judge was set up a trial and everything. I mean, did all the all the preparation dates and everything, and and um, the um, attorneys that the state had hired. Uh, didn't like the idea that this thing was going f actually going forward. So they appealed uh, one of the points to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia, and it had to do with probable cause. And so we appeared before a three-judge panel with the Third Circuit in Philadelphia, and their argument was that two state judges ruled that there was probable cause to arrest me, and therefore, you know, I, I could not file uh, civil rights because that was one one of the uh, one of the items to uh, to win a civil rights case you have there has to be no probable cause well yeah we lost because the information that the judges got was from the attorney general's office so it, it, they, it was exculpatory evidence that was never disclosed to these two judges and the first judge, actually, in my case, the first state judge, uh, district magistrate, you know, he, he I understand that he was going to throw it out, but but he figured, you know, they're going to just come back and charge you again anyhow. So so they, they allowed it to go forward. So so once the Third Circuit was was done, uh, I appealed to the to U.S. Supreme Court. And as you know, they only take about two percent of the cases that are presented to them. And uh, so I was, you know, basically just denied uh, access. Uh, so that that was it. You know, I was dead. It was all over. But um, yeah, so I, I never got due process. I, it makes me so angry when I when I see television and, and news reports and what have you. And they talk about due process. Everybody deserves due process. That's the American way You have due process. You get to face face your accuser. That is a bunch of baloney. Uh, at least in my case, um, the state made sure that uh, there was no due process. Um, they they uh, covered up uh, the truth. You know, there were six. I was accused of moving campaign boxes out of the Capitol building, and there were um, four boxes involved. And what it was was blank paper, but with campaign letterhead. That's what it was. Two boxes of letterhead with blank papers and, and two boxes of envelopes with uh, campaign letterhead. And um, so that's, you know, that's what they, they accused me of, of, uh, of doing. And, um, and this was a crime in some way? Yeah, I mean, that, that was it. You know, they, they uh, 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 it was just, Fina had asked questions that particular night when he was, he was into, uh, investigate um back in february of 08 and he asked myself and, and another staffer if if we knew of any boxes that were removed from the capitol building you know prior to that particular night well i didn't know anything about the boxes so i said no and the other person actually actually directed the, the boxes to be moved he said no well he lied and when they found out that he lied they automatically said well zimmerman lied but my attorney who my attorney tom bergstrom who was who's involved with you know with the monsignor lynn case 
my attorney with Tom Bergstrom, and it was a, his first case when he came back from from his wife's uh, illness. And um, and you know Tom Bergstrom, I, I I told him I said this is criminal what they're doing to me, you know, and he he absolutely agreed. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just um, just outrageous, totally outrageous. Well, they think you're infallible because they're final. It's a final decision, and there's nothing that can be done. But, you know, with the media fanning up politically correct ideas that they have, or the corruption, I think that places like this, search warrant, Ralph's articles, Ralph Cipriano's articles, getting the word out is the only and best thing we can do right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Um, people have to be concerned because, uh, what, you know, you, you always hear this, you know, what they did to me, they could do to anybody. And it's very true. That's true. Um, yeah. It's yeah. very true. I, you say, you, I think people, I think people, uh, uh, don't, uh, realize that that's the bottom line, that if they don't stop it, it's going to continue. Right. And, and the attorney general's office, uh, becomes a, uh, and has been as evidenced by what happened to you and in the, Penn State case, uh, it becomes a weaponized arm of, uh, uh, you know, politically weaponized arm of state government, which right. uh, cannot cannot stand. It can't stand. Right. It needs a uh, it needs a uh, federal investigation of the entire uh, process. I mean, clearly that entire office. There, yeah. It has to be individual. They can't police themselves. They're incapable of policing themselves because they've become a weaponized political arm of state government. Right. Well, I personally, I would, I would like, I would love to see uh, something similar to what they did with the two judges up in the Northeast Pennsylvania that were were, were putting the kids away. You know, I, I'd love to see a full investigation on anything that FINA touched in this state because I swear. Um, there's something, there's something in, in every case that I have tried to do some research on where there, there's, there's, there's question about this guy, you know, and, uh, and I witnessed it firsthand and, and I know you guys have been studying it and watched it and, and, uh, it's, it's, um, it, it would take a full, a full all out, uh, somebody just to, to really, um, you know, be charged with, uh, with looking at all these things. Cause I'm, I'm convinced there's a lot of innocent people that were, involved in all these cases that uh, uh, were just abused. Well, I think I, I think the big umbrella thing here is a, uh, uh, you know, it's a conspiracy of all those individuals. Right, um, right. And it needs to be uh, investigated by a, a uh, independent entity, the federal government. Right. So, um, Mr. Zimmerman, um, we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. We'd more than uh, be more than happy uh, if you could join us again in the future, because we'd like to to uh, pursue it further. Do Tom or uh, Anna or Ralph? Do you have any questions before we try to wrap it up here, and we can have Mr. Zimmerman on again, maybe? I, I would be honored to join you again. So, John Zimmerman, from what yeah. you know about your personal experiences with Frank Fina, what's your take on the Sandusky case, just from reading about it? Oh, from from what I've read about it, I I, I don't trust. I, I wouldn't trust anything that came out of that case. Uh, uh, the speedy trial thing is ridiculous. Um, I mean, our case, the bonus gate, I think it was 
three and a half years or something before it actually went to indictments. Uh, our case was a couple of years. Um, and, and the way the way that as soon as that was rushed, when it was going on after the initial indictment of Sandusky, I, I thought there's something really fishy here. This is not right. You know, and um, um, you know that the uh, if I could take just one second here, the the Sandusky um, in, in, uh, indictment uh, was leaked to the press at the same weekend that the Republican um, Computergate jury was out. They had the case for three days, hadn't decided anything, and they were sent home for the weekend. And it was that Friday that I think the uh, there was an announcement that that the AG, uh, Linda Kelly, I think it was, was going to have a press conference on Monday. Now, here's a, here you got a, a sitting jury and, and that couldn't make up their mind. And when Sandusky was leaked, uh, I remember that weekend, it was nothing but uh, all the football games, all they could talk about was Sandusky, you know, Penn State, this linebacker university coach, you know. And um, so, I mean, that's I, I believe that was time on purpose uh, to try to, to get that jury motivated. And jury came back uh, guilty on all 40 counts. And the judge and, and FINA were surprised that was recorded. So, um, yeah, I don't trust I don't trust anything that, that FINA touched. Well, as you said, to address what you said before, you know, considering his track record of having manipulated things and, uh, you know, overall manipulated the criminal justice system, clearly uh, every every case that he's been involved in is tainted and needs to be examined. Right. Um, you know, everybody that has had a defendant that. Uh, uh, with a prosecutor as uh, Frank Fina or, you know, his sidekick, uh, Joe McGettigan. Jeez. They should all be, uh, they're, they're all tainted cases. Right. And they need to all be examined. I mean, if you, if you, I mean, I, I know that in my case and Tom's case and Anna's case, if you, if you did something odd in that case that wasn't, you know, it would, it would, uh, it would cause doubt in the other cases that you've had. You know, right. Um, it's a it's a slap in the face for anybody that's, uh, you know, worked hard to uh, successfully resolve a case when you've got a guy like uh, Fina running around uh, manipulating the system for right. his uh, political agenda. All his cases, all the cases that he's been involved in are tainted. Right. And I'm, I'm convinced that the, the porn, the porn gate uh, had something to do with that, too. I think I think. He was using that to manipulate uh, people within the system um, so that there was, uh, you know, judges or whatever. And I'm not accusing any judge, but but uh, it, it just seemed like there was there was no assistance anywhere in the system, uh, that it was just a rubber stamp from the attorney general's office. Whatever they said was absolutely correct, true. Nobody questioned it. And, uh, and that was the way it was. Yeah. Uh, did, when we spoke before, did you. Did you mention anything about, uh, I might be confusing this, but did you mention anything about the, uh, you know, some judges allowing uh, FINA to just sign off on the? Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I was told this uh, by one of the defense attorneys that uh, somebody found out that FINA apparently had uh, Judge Fudel's signature stamp and that he, that he could just use it uh, as needed, you know, 
Um, and uh, but you know, I don't I don't know if that's true or not. And, um, but uh, it was believed within the system. <laughs> the, there were so many subpoenas going out that uh, to make it much easier, uh, you know, he was he was simply stamping, um, putting out subpoenas and stamping them and sending them out. Well, I, you know, I mean, considering uh, FINA's track record and history of tainted cases, uh, it's believable. Yes. A- any other questions? Well, I'd like to say if anyone listening to this podcast has any more information about any of the topics we spoke about, please reach out to us so that we can um, look into it. John, what are, what's our address? Oh, it's uh, a search warrant 2 at gmail.com. And you can also contact us through the contact page on uh, searchwarrantpodcast.com. Well, thank uh, you, Mr. Zimmerman. Thank you very much. I thank you very much. I, anything I can do to help, I, I, I'm available, but I, I really appreciate what you're doing. This, is, this has been very good for me uh, with my healing. I mean, I've been going through this for over 10 years now, and uh, it's, it's, there isn't a day that goes by that I'm not thinking about this stuff. And, yeah, being able to be heard is very important when, when, when these kind of things happen. Yeah, I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you all. Thanks, John. Thank you. This is Tom Persaud. John, Tom. this is Tom Persaud. Just want yeah. to let you know that uh, you really presented yourself great. So you should you should be very proud of yourself and uh, and just getting your word out. Thank you for joining us. At, uh, you did a great job. I, I'm, I'm very impressed to have met you. Certainly feel free to join us again. And any of you folks listening to our podcast, particularly this one, you know, justice is hard to come by. And sometimes you just don't ever give up. Uh, use use engines like a search warrant or anything that can get this word out. It's just, just like Ralph doing for years. This is just a this is a great vehicle. It's a hard, hard road, but you know we have to do it. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, I think uh, in closing, um, I'd like to say uh, we all are uh, behind. Fund the police. Fund the police. Uh, back to blue, and uh, now defund the attorney general's office. Defund the Pennsylvania <laughs> attorney general's office. It needs a federal investigation from top to bottom. Clearly, all the cases that they've been involved in now are tainted. So people need to uh, realize that and pursue that. But, uh, you know, fund the police, defund the Pennsylvania Attorney General's office. Mr. Zimmerman, thank you very much. Thank you. Everybody hang in there. We'll be back later.